Give us any chance, we'll take it. Read us any rule, we'll break it. We're gonna make our dreams come true. Welcome to Nat for Nat, a podcast about eight seasons in a row. I'm Lisa Fernandes, and... I am Chris Jai-Wardner. Hello. We're about to review Squiggy in Love, which is an episode from season four of Laverne Shirley. It was written by Barry Rubinowitz, and it was directed by Penny Marshall in her very first directing gig ever, which is really cool. Yeah. And I bet you Chris has some facts about them, doesn't he? Yeah, I got, I got some few. So for Barry Rubinowitz, this was his fifth episode with three more to go for the series, including a... Rather infamous one in season eight. We'll we'll get there. Um, previously, he worked on Bachelor Mothers, The Stakeout, and Bus Stop. He also kept up as a story consultant and on almost all of season four. He would later go on to work on an episode of a show here and there, kind of work on shows here and there across the 1980s, including Different Strokes, Throb, Webster, and even did a episode of the League of Their Own TV series, fitted, which is fitting given the director of this episode. Yes. And um, yeah, regarding Penny... Um, you know, I, I feel like this is, this, you know, little bits here and there I can mention. Um, Kind of felt like rather than giving an overview of her whole career, just kind of yeah. see a little bit of where she goes from here. Because around the same time as this episode, her second gig was she directed the pilot for Working Stiffs and would later continue yes. on Laverne and Shirley, obviously, as an actor and directing three more episodes for the series. Yes, she does. Uh, directly after Laverne and Shirley is when she got her first feature directing gig. She kind of almost stumbled into it. She was in New York. Uh, buying a penthouse, which she owned from like 1984 right up through her death. They're literally just selling that penthouse right now. Uh, she had gone to New York. She had planned on moving there. And she bumped into Whoopi Goldberg, and it was Whoopi Goldberg's birthday weekend. The two of them were hanging out. While the two of them were hanging out, they were uh, contacted by people at, at I think it was uh, New Line which is what distributed Joe Big Jack Flash. And they desperately needed a director for the movie. And Penny was tapped to do it. And that was her first movie ever. And what she did was basically grab everyone she could, all the friends that she knew, everybody who owed her a favor, everybody was thrown into the pot. Michael does appear in this movie. Mm -hmm. He has a cameo with some uh, dialogue in which he plays uh, a member of of royalty who gets seduced by Whoopi Goldberg, who serenades him with a Supreme song. Oh my gosh. Oh, wow. Oh, it's so good. It is a cute, so- it is a cute scene. Nice. This is so cute. The, uh, the other thing also was even uh, Chris Thompson, uh, a regular Laverne and Shirley writer, also was, uh, I think, one of the folks that she called in to uh, kind of work on punching up the script. Because it sounds like the yes. from the story, I yes. think we're both going off of, the, the film was in a bad spot. And Penny really oh. saved, saved the day. Oh, yeah, she did. She did. And she proved that she could handle that and handle all that pressure. And uh, that's what ended up getting her the uh, in to do big. which so, you know, sent her into the stratosphere director-wise. Mm. Uh, in the space in between, uh, gosh, I can't remember. what specifically mentioned what she was in negotiation for, but she ended up uh, fighting uh, with studio due to script conflicts. But uh, Jeff Flash was her very first film. Uh, it was a modest success, which is impressive considering what a mess it was in the development stages. Uh, one story that is attached to the film's Wikipedia page is that apparently Penny was dating Sam Kinison during the uh, filming of that uh, filming of that movie of Jumping Jack Flash, and. Uh, she wanted to use him. Uh, Whoopi Goldberg said no. 
And the two of them got into a huge fight. Uh, Whoopi Goldberg and Sam Kinison proper, promptly remained estranged for the rest of Kinison's life. And Penny and Kinison broke up. So, Whoa. Whoa. Yeah. Oh man, that's some that's some drama just there. Just imagine Penny and Sam Kinison as a couple, though. Yeah, my <laughs> my brain's having difficulty wrapping my head around that. I mean, that's not a he makes me laugh kind of relationship there, because I would figure it'd be that she makes me laugh would be the relationship yeah. there. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. I have no idea what was going on there, but that happened. That was happening in 1984. It's the 80s. It's the 80s. Do a lot of coke. Vote for Ronald Reagan. Sorry, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, you can you can you can get the next Rick Sloan reference out. Yes, yes. They're rubbing puppets on us. No. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> anyway, so Squiggy in Love, today's episode. Yes, um yes, what do we got I'm for Sanat? Yes. Squiggy blackmails Shelly into getting him a date with Vivian McCafferty, a new receptionist up in yeast at shots. Though Shelly's sure that the tall, curvaceous woman will have no interest in her chum. Upon meeting Squiggy, Vivian seems to return his desire, and they begin dating. Squig's on cloud nine, but Lenny and the girls soon realize that Vivian's using Squiggy for cheap labor and easy money to get herself moved into her new apartment. When she threatens to manipulate him out of the inheritance money he got from his grandma Priscilla, which Squig is saving to establish a knife sharpening business with, to get herself a new refrigerator, Shirley vows to step in. Will Squiggy finally realize he deserves better than Vivian or blow his nest egg on the red-headed viper? Meanwhile, Shirley tries to get the spark back into her relationship with Carmine after comparing their unexciting union to Laverne's new and wild relationship with Ted Nelson Fireman. What do you think of this episode? Ah, this felt like a return to form. Yeah, this is such a good episode. It's, it's, it's good. I, I enjoy this. I'm really impressed with the work that Penny does here as director. There are, this is the kind of show that pretty much had like a sort of a stamp sort of feeling. And you, yeah. the stories you hear from Zwick and from Rafkin, you definitely get the feeling that after a while, they just were, you know, these were essentially assembly line uh, when it came from a production standpoint. But Penny is able to do some things with the character stuff. Like she cert- has actors play up certain elements. Um, I think her element of having had more actor training and things like that, I think, helps immensely. And one of the things I love is how she really builds up the bond of the group of the four of them. Yes. And yes, it's yes, yes. It, that those parts are handled fantastically. And my God, Carmine's really likable in this episode for me. <laughs> <laughs> which is which basically it's, it's been yes. like a season since i could say that yeah. yes this episode is adorable in a lot of ways um this is the first time in a long time where lenny and the girls are absolutely a indivisible unit they're going to save squiggy no matter what from this woman they love him they're they he is their squiggy and that is is gorgeous after everything that they you know done to each other this season. Jeez, this season. So really sit down and think about it. Oh man. I love this one. I really yeah. love this one. It's it's, uh, it's before we before we dive in completely, it's worth noting that on the same evening on ABC, uh Carmine, Shirley, Laverne, Lenny and Squiggy all appear on the Happy Days episode Fonzie's funeral. Uh, Fonzie has to fake his death. They throw him a funeral. The gang shows up. Uh, everyone's upset. Laverne tries to rip off her blouse and put it on Fonzie's casket. 
Uh, and then she has to sell just for rubbing off her L to get there. Oh my gosh. Uh, it's it's funny. It's funny oh, as hell. Oh man. Uh, yeah, this is this is why folks to... need to need to, you know this is we need to finally get around to those those some of those crossover episodes that in the future. Uh, first one opens up season five, so that's going to be an interesting experience, I do believe. Oh. Um, so this is the first time we really hear about Skullneck Pond, which is so awful they pull the body out of it. Yeah, my mom cried out, "Oh God!" when the. <laughs> <laughs> there was a, you know, when they, thought they found the body, that line just got that immediate visceral reaction out of her. <laughs> they finally found the body. And it's just like, I can imagine what this place is like. I have no idea if it's off, like in some kind of wooded area. I had the mental image of that it's off in a wooden, a wooden area, and it's not like a, a cement pond, to quote the Beverly Hillbillies. It's not like a public pool. But jeez, just imagine that somebody got killed and drowned in it and they had to dredge the whole thing. Man, mm-hmm. that's a great, that's funny. And it's a funny and kind of uh, black comedy laden opening to go with the rest of this really nice, lighthearted episode. I love the line, show finding a body is not romantic. Go with that, that's, that's good. I mean, hey, tell that to Hercules Poirot and Miss Marple. Hey. Yeah, well, that's an OTP. That's different. Doesn't matter. They can make over the body and nothing. Else. Uh, nothing doing. That's true love. <laughs> kudos to anyone uh, who also is realizing that 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 is also making a uh, reference to a Peter Serafinowicz bit. Um, yeah. Oh goodness. Yeah, but then uh, the revelation that Carmine surely feel like their relationship is getting stayed. Zippity's going out of their doodah, which is a great line. Amazing line. <laughs> and um, Laverne's just trying to curse Shirley, which is really nice. This is really nice. The girls and the way they treat each other in this episode is also really good. Because mm-hmm. Laverne just wants uh, Shirley to be happy with Carmine, and Shirley's just trying to figure out what the key is to get the spark back between them. So it's a really good little B-plot for this one full episode. It's great, and it, it leads directly into the, the if you're not careful, you could start to grow old and marry who knows what. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> I, I also, uh, interesting that Squiggy shows up without Lenny. Yes, which is rare. Uh, I don't know why he's not in this particular scene, but yeah, he has stalked out of the girls' department with, de- up department, apartment with determination. Mm-hmm. He's Vivi, Vivian McCafferty. This girl is gorgeous beyond belief. Squiggy, she's not your type. Well, who is? <laughs> oh, honey. Honey, honey, you feel bad for Squiggy in this episode. Oh, yeah. Because he is his tough and defiant self, yet you see under the shell. Mm-hmm. You absolutely see his soft underbelly where he hates himself. And he thinks he doesn't deserve anything better. He hates himself even more than Lenny hates himself, which is impressive. Yeah, that's why I still wonder if uh, Starcrossed, I still argue whose song was it? Because part yeah. of me wonders. Part of me wonders. I know yeah. you, your your call is that it was Lenny wrote that one. Yeah, yeah. But I'm, I, you know, I'm on yeah, the yeah. fence. Yeah, yeah. Well, who do you think wrote Night After Night? Oh man, I mean, Night After Night, I still say would is predominantly Squiggy. Um, it feels like a Squiggy story so much. I always say that Starcross is a Lenny thing because it's so pathetic. It's very him, and that's the way he sees romance. That's a good point. And, good point. Uh, and 
when asked what he would do if he only had 24 hours to live, he goes, oh my god, I'd kill myself at one point in canon. Which, that's what puts me in mind of that being his, like, romantic ideal, where you just, like, uh, pitch yourself into the drink. Yeah. And I, find I, 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 freedom. <laughs> Down in the reservoir. Throw each Down other in. Down in the reservoir. <laughs> Okay, so then, okay, uh, if we're, we're going to talk the songs, though, because uh, as of this recording, we were just putting up uh, um, Oh, Here Are the Angel Voices. Who wrote? Who do you think wrote the Santa Claus song? I figure it was a bit of both, but it seems that seems more like a Lenny yeah. to me. Yeah, that, that feels like both of them, especially the beginning with the, scr- the snowy screws up my hair. That feels like yeah. a squiggy concern. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Uh, and that does feel like a mixture of them, and I feel like Lenny you absolutely would think that would be a very moving, pathetic idea. And they met Santa, and Santa died because <laughs> <laughs> oh, he was poor and died and old. And he would th- he would think that that would be a great story. <laughs> that yeah yeah I can see that being a split POV. Uh, there is a really good song coming up in uh, season five that we get to talk about soon, but we'll, we'll puzzle that one out when we get to it. Enter the notion that Squiggy spied on Shirley bobbing for apples with another guy at their Halloween party. Comment the Hobgoblin. Yep, which, uh, that's, yeah, that's a, uh, yeah, and I, I like it's Ichabod Crane, which is obviously, Ichabod. it's a, his way of, of uh, calling, you know, Ichabod. Um, interesting trivia note, Ichabod Crane is the name of the, uh, the ghost with a jack-o'-lantern head in the Clay Fighter video game series from the 1990s. Okay. I I I, know. I, I, I sincerely doubt this is that's a anything more than a coincidence. Yeah, it's coincidental. Yeah, this uh this episode was filmed in 1977, I believe. Yeah. I think it was 77 or 78. I think it was 78. Yeah. Well, the, the the thing is, is that the show wasn't in syndication that at the time the first yeah, Fighter game was made, that. so that'd be the that'd be the thing. Uh, they went into syndication right in the middle of the show's run. I actually, I think they went into syndication during the season. Oh wow! So uh, then once they had four, once they had four to five seasons, they went for it, and they uh, I know Happy Days definitely went to syndication right in the middle of the two, middle of the run, mm. and they just did what they do they're doing with Bob's Burgers, what they're doing with uh, mm-hmm. well they used to do with the Big Bang Theory, where they just add on the season uh, a couple of months before the new season would be premiere, the previous season would be added on to the syndication run. Interesting. So, anyway, sorry, yeah. back on track. Yes, the revelation. Yeah, yeah they they did. They did syndicate it right in the middle, yes. Yes, the revelation. And then <laughs> Laverne leaning in for that gossip is really funny. That's cute. I love that. Oh, boy. And, and, and you know, and that's Cheryl. She uh, she can be yep. manipulated easily. Yep, yep, yep. And then, of course, of course, Shirley gives in. She arranges the meeting. Squiggy's been counting the whole time, apparently for full days now. Yep. Possibly in his sleep. And I love... His outfit. His outfit is so great. My mother commented that she loved the good the goodwill look. Yes. Yes. The boys' outfits until about season five, you can tell that they just mismatched everything. And it's just like this is bachelor wardrobe going on. Mm-hmm. Full bachelor wardrobing. Where they don't care, they just toss stuff on and that's the rest of the day for them. And then Carmine's just sitting there with his bowling ball and his beer. Watching this drama unfold. Yep. Only occasionally being involved. It's your type of little squat dancer. 
No offense, Carmine. <laughs> How dare you insult my little squat dancer? Yeah, my note from that quote, that line is, my God, why can't you two be this cute all the time? Please. I know. Adorable. It's adorable. so cute. This particular episode. Maybe a tip is Ichabob Crane. You know, that's the interesting thing is that... I think it kind of sums up what my issue with Carmine and Shirley is, that the way that they, it's been handled for most of the show. They're not allowed to be cute and affectionate to each other, except in a very, like, 50s high school teen sort of way. Because this, yeah. this is a more evolved relationship. It's my little squat dancer. You know, like, yes, he's yeah. a squat little dancer, but he's mine, and I, and I love yes. him. Yeah, you know, that's, that's what it is. Yep, 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 exactly. Ultimately, uh, this is the most mature version of the relationship we have yet to see and there is another version of it that will happen like around season six or so which we will also get to uh, but i really like them in this episode a lot mm-hmm. they're very cute together in this particular one uh so enter vivian who leaves the toilet like a gazelle which is also a great line the way oh, david yeah. delivers that line is so perfect oh goodness <laughs> yeah i i I thought Vivian was a was a kick. She's a very it's very hammy. Yeah. It's a very cheesy performance, yeah. but it's also the exact kind of thing that Squiggy well Squiggy would yeah. fall for or want to believe in. I would say she's yes. clearly a, yes. the, the. I think what's interesting about the performance is that it's it's clearly somebody putting on a really bad act. She actually is yeah. probably a, a decent actor and and actually probably yeah. quite good. And you know that's the, the the joke. Which I wonder if that was Penny's directing is like you need to come off as somebody that no one in the world believes you that you are totally are putting yes. on this sham. Don't yeah, sell yeah, the yeah. sham. Sell someone who's shamming. You know. Yes, exactly. And Vivian is so fake until she's uh with the with, with the gang at the end of the episode. Mm-hmm. They're defending Squig. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, uh, yeah, I was gonna say about uh, Cynthia Harrison who plays Vivian McCafferty. Um, yeah. So she was an actor for a while, you know, getting bits on shows like Chips, Vegas, Dallas, and doing some direct video and small movies in the 90s. And then she turned to writing. And interesting, you know, thing, you know, to see her here in the show is her first gig was for an episode of the Mortal Kombat animated series from the 90s. And uh, she also did a couple episodes of the Spider-Man, the animated series in 96, 97. She worked in four episodes of Clifford in the 2000s. And then later wrote for and co-created the documentary series Dogfights about famous uh, aerial combat uh, battles on like, it's probably given to like, you know, some History Channel knockoff type network. But but anyway, I thought that was really cute to see her here and then look, yeah. look that up. And I, I, I've watched all that Mortal Kombat show, so I know which one she, she wrote. That, show that was, is awesome. Yeah. That is awesome. That is so cool. Yep. That is so cool. I had no idea. Yeah. And uh, yeah, the only other place that people have really seen her the most is as a co-anchor in the film Outbreak from '95, the Dustin Hoffman one. Oh. So, but yeah, no, she's oh, she's. Oh, I didn't know she was. In that yeah, movie. she's good though. She's awesome. That is so neat. That is so neat. Um, I love that the second Squig is confronted with love, he turns into a little puppy dog. Yeah. Yes, yeah. man. But it, you know, Good it evening, makes man. it does connect with his um turning into a yowling, wailing puppy dog when uh, Barbara, you know, left him. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, this wine is white, just like Barbara. <laughs> Still love that wine. That may be one of the best lines that Michael and David ever wrote for themselves. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's fun. Uh, and then instantly he he's Andy. He's staring at her boobs. Mm-hmm. He's gentlemanly. 
the connection happens. He makes that wonderful high-pitched sound of joy. <laughs> and I love that exchange between Carmine and Shirley as Carmine just sits there finishing his beer, waiting to go bowling with his girlfriend. Love is blind. Blind, yes, but deaf, dumb, and unable to smell. Yeah, I love that. Beautiful. Oh, beautiful. Gosh. Beautiful. Yeah, and then we get to see the uh, the break room, which has finally been making a lot more appearances this season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I feel like that's the easy go-to versus getting more exteriors and getting more interiors. They just, you know, put them in the break room, which uh, allows them to have workplace, workplace conflicts that are uh, easy to track. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I loved the fact that apparently Shirley really digs Carmine in that hobgoblin suit. <laughs> <laughs> when that comes up, not the hobgoblin suit again. Laverne knows. I just think that's great. That's absolutely wonderful. Uh, I love the realism of them having lousy lunches right before payday. They're eating potato salad sandwiches, Lenny's balled up Wonder Bread, and stuck it on a kebab skewer. Mm-hmm. And is uh, sitting there eating Wonder Kebabs. Yeah, Wonder Kebab. God, his delivery. He's so proud of himself. I don't know why they're so grossed out by that idea. It sounds better than potato sandwiches. Yeah, no, I mean, if you if you toast that bread, that's probably pretty pretty nice. But even just like, just a little salt on there, you know? Yeah, yeah. Put some leftover uh, some leftover chicken grease on the, from the stove. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Who wouldn't? That that who wouldn't to. Uh, saying they'd rather eat uh was it wasn't it uh, turtle food it was turtle food it was turtle food yeah yeah i thought so uh and then uh lenny declaring that vivian and uh squigger like siamese cats that (laughs) join at the hip uh (laughs) i mean this girl is gorgeous but she must have the iq of a frog which might my porch frogs take a lot of offense to that line. I'm going to be sending a note to the network about that. Family of Slippy is very offended. Watch out. Yeah, Slippy's children are very upset. Spot's not too not too happy either. Oh. Yeah, we've 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 named most of them. I I wasn't able to name two of them because I couldn't tell them apart this year. Oh, that's cute. I love that. And then uh, Squiggy's just on cloud nine, happy as a clam. Mm-hmm. It's a beautiful day. And so the flowers, they will grow. Beautiful line. Favorite, one of my favorite lines. I've actually used that quote in real life. So <laughs> Nice. Uh, spent the that. entire night in the bedroom. Yeah. And uh, yeah, we get to what that means. Yeah. And Julius LaRosa made me a tuna fish sandwich. Oh. Wow. Lenny's wow is so perfectly delivered by Michael. It's mm-hmm. so hilarious. It's so cute that he, he, he believes her even when she lies or is being sarcastic. It's adorable. Yep, 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 yep. He's so impressed by her. And then, of course, they get to sit closer together. It was again. Yeah, yeah. I was waiting for you to mention that. And that's so really close sitting. Always <laughs> a highlight. Always a highlight. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, this was the episode I was starting to see. I think I commented this to you when we were watching the episode that I finally was starting to see your point about how they tried to sink, they tried to sink the ship, but uh, it's some somebody has been draining it quite well between episodes. Yeah, yeah, pretty much, pretty much, and you will see that as time goes on, it does not sink. By the time we get to season seven and an AU episode where they're happily French kissing one another, yeah, anyway, it did not work. I would guess, but I was yawning at the time. 
Uh, I love how the girls and Lenny are kind of really here for the gossip, but they're also worried about Squig, but they're also really, really here for the gossip. Yes. <laughs> so they're like creeping closer and closer to the conversation, trying to hear all the dirty details, while also being really concerned about him. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, he's practically moved in with her. I can't hear another word of this. No, no, no. Scoot. Is this room getting smaller? Scoot back. Scoot it's back. really, yeah, Penny's blocking for this scene is glorious. This is one of the highlights of the episode for me. Yeah. This is a really cute scene. It's an absolutely adorable scene. It's really cute. God. And then I that, love, uh, yeah, I was just going to say the, the thank you for taming me punchline of the whole thing. Yes. <laughs> thank you for taming me. And smack. He smacks himself just like when, when Shirley kissed him in uh, Hanging River Book 2. Oh, same, that's same right. Yeah. yeah. When he is in lust or in love, he does that to himself. Whap right in their face. And then Lenny's so disgusted. And it's so weird that Lenny's disgusted by Squiggy's behavior. Mm-hmm. So he's just like repulsed and horrified. Yeah, I love <laughs> Lenny and Laverne have got like synchronized faces, and Shirley's just yeah, like, mm. yeah. Yes, 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 yes. I love how offended Shirley is on Squiggy's behalf. This is the first time we ever get any kind of hint that she really, really cares about him as a friend and doesn't want him to be hurt. Because most of the time, he is the guy she would rather jump off of a mountain than be near. <laughs> this is the Squiggy and Shirley chemistry. Mm-hmm. is uh, really delightful in that maybe, way. You know, this is this is the one episode where maybe the ha- the sex won't be so hateful. Yeah, there you go. For the first time in my life, Squiggy seems short to me. That's a great line. That is a perfect line. Ugh, I, love the, I love everything about that scene. Right down to Squiggy standing there tugging at his scarf nervously. Mm-hmm. It's a great little gesture by David. And then we get to the Next scene, Laverne is going out with 10 Nelson firemen. She has her siphon so she can go be stuck somewhere with him with no gas in the tank so they can make out. This is like the most Laverne thing I can think of. Uh, not thinking of a girl, but hey, let me yep. have fun. Yep. I mean, it's, it's, it's one of those, can- it's hard to argue with that type of logic just because of the fact that, you know, it's got ingenuity to it. Yeah. Yeah. She's going to have fun. Yeah. Um, I thought it was interesting that Shirley actually decides to call Squiggy on the phone to get him to come down instead of yelling up the dumbwaiter. Because A, the boys have a phone now, I guess. They, yeah. They do have a phone. We have we have heard that they have a phone, but there's no evidence they have a phone throughout the entire run of the show, so I don't know. It's it's one of those picks but, or didn't happen kind of cases. Yeah. It's funny. Much like the boys love lives. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, and Lenny apparently got witnesses. That, hey, is, I still want to know if that was... <laughs> Jesus, that line. That had to have been an improvisation. That had to have been an improvisation, because wow. Mm-hmm. The implication. Uh, but yes, and while Shirley cannot get a hold of Squiggy, she decides it's going to be Shirley Whoopi Feeny time once again. Yeah. With uh, <laughs> my note, my note here is: uh, Come in, you handsome devil! You close your eyes. I got a surprise for you. My note is: Oh, never mind. Oh my god! It's <laughs> like, oh, it's a tacky fire. Okay, this is him trying, and it's cute. My my mom yeah, thought it was tacky. adorable. 
the tacky fire is super adorable. The sentiment is well appreciated, and they're having a good time. Unfortunately, it's not hot enough to melt a uh, marshmallow on. But it's, it's trying. Not- it's trying, and it's not radioactive enough to give us a Fallout universe alternate uh, AU, which is like, come on, I want to see Shirley and and Laverne and Carmine having to fight against Death Claws and mutated mole rats and fighting those with an exclamation mark. Oh, oh that'd be funny! Oh my goodness. Anyway, Just shooting it, uh, yeah. My my mom no, thought this was really cute, and really cute and sweet. And it was actually when she pointed it out that it 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 made me think like yeah it's pretty adorable it's the and that's again what i was thinking is like these two could have been this adorable the whole time if they were just trying yeah. with each other like yeah, exactly why did it take four fracking years to get I here i know i could appreciate the idea of the conflict i if they had, conflict had been better defined uh the problem is the back and forth that's the real problem here that's the ultimate problem um Everything about this scene is so cute. It's just adorable. This is a very much a young couple in their 20s uh, trying to do the date thing and do the uh, unique date thing in a way that is important to them and will refresh their relationship. And of course, this is what they think is exciting and new. You get a fake fireplace. They're next to it and they got next to the fake fireplace. It's just really sweet. It's really sweet. And then, since we've had uh, Squiggy enter before alone, here comes Lenny all by himself. Yep. Cheryl, at last I found you. Maybe I should have looked here first. <laughs> <laughs> that line. I forgot about that line. Oh, my gosh. Oh, uh, it's so cute. It's so cute. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, the bit with the literal slow motion is so great. Yes, yes. It's, it's slow down, and you realize that's his night, his night after night voice. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. That shows you how vast Michael McKean's range is vocally. The fact that he can do that. He does, does that very, very deep, deep, deep part vocally and can go very high. Not very high, pretty decently high. But uh, yeah, when he does that deep voice when he's doing the slow motion thing, that's great. That is, that is perfect. That is terrific. <laughs> oh my god! I just looked at my notes for the uh, the four hundred dollars he's going to cash in the dead grains chips, and we're hearing about yeah, you know, Viper Vivian's got into his mind, and it's like my yeah. notes go four hundred dollars from his grandmother going to blow it out a four cooler fridge. Well, it is a wise investment, but the knives need sharpening. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine Andrew Squigman running a knife sharpening business? Um, I can. <laughs> I here's here's the thing. I would figure that the knife sharpening business would end up being a prop for a Stephen Chow Kung Fu movie and then be destroyed in about two days of being open. Uh, and then he's oh bankrupt. My that's, that's what it would have. That's my pronunciation if it ever occurred. Poor Squig. He deserves better. Uh, I love that observation that, well, neighbor does need one. I'm sure. <laughs> uh, I think he actually might be good at it. Just standing there sharpening knives with his, <laughs> his leather jacket. Yep. For hoods and various restauranters. <laughs> <laughs> Housewives. 
Uh, oh my god, can you imagine him as a knife sharpener that goes to restaurants and harasses everybody with he's got sharpeners at, underneath his, his like like a trench coat. He goes in yeah. looking like a pervert. He flips it and it's like, yeah. "All right, who needs a knife sharpener? You need your knife sharpener. Is that cutting your bread? Is that cutting your Is that cutting your mustard?" Uh, Give me a knife or I'll wipe the floor with you. <laughs> it's like all oh, that nice pretty doll. It's like, "All right, I'd like to speak to the manager here. I am the manager." And you got a you got a real business, a big racket here. You know, you know none of these knives are shopping. The people are getting having to need my business left and right. They can't they can't cut that knife with the with, they can't cut the steak with that knife. That's the butter knife, sir. Exactly. They need a better knife, and that's why I can chop it for them. Oh god. So great. I my my squeaky voice is terrible. I just realized. Nah, it's not too awful. Mine would be worse. Uh, mine would be worse. Uh, just, so anyway, so then we get to the Shirley squeaky conversation, which I really like this scene, but I did I find it. it hilarious that it's immediately right into the armpit. Um, yes, yes, <laughs> yes. Uh, this is probably one of the best uh, Shirley squeaky scenes uh, right up there with Shirley's operation, where they're just being real with one another. Yep. When they're real with one another, it is terrific. And I feel like they can be more real with one another, even than Laverne and Lenny can be, because as much as they can get brass tacks with one another, uh, there's this kind of need to get comfort each other there. Shirley Squiggy don't care about that in a way. They just, like, blurt the truth. Yeah. Right out. And it's kind of fantastic in a lot of ways. Of course, the interesting inverse before we dig into this scene, I must mention, is that Shirley relies on Laverne to get through to Lenny, and Lenny relies on Shirley to get through to Squiggy. That is interesting, if you really think about it. Isn't it neat? Interesting. What? Yeah, interesting. Yeah. Hmm. That's good. They both they kind of know. They kind of know, well, this is the person that will help if they won't listen to me. Yeah. I like it. I love that Squiggy's initial reaction is, of course, that Shirley wants to get into his pants. Yeah. And it's, it's 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 a you know, it's a very squig thing that it's, it's part of the aspects that frustrate him about me, you know, frustrate me about him. But at the same time, like, you know, the you know, there was an interview in We Magazine with uh, with David and Michael that, you know, it's like, yeah, they're they're the kinds of people that you hate and you can't stand, but they're kind of watchable. So, yes. They're lovable in their own way. I don't know if they intended them to be lovable, but they do become lovable. Uh, and they're, they're arguably already lovable now. Because, uh, it just hit me. How many, I just It just actually hit me. There's a few actors I've worked with that are kind of like these guys, you know, oh, and kind of like this. Uh, you know, I just had this weird thought. This is totally random out of nowhere. And, I've, and I'll get back on topic and won't diverge too much. <laughs> I just I just thought of just the way that you know Squiggy can be so disrespectful to Laverne and Shirley. I just want Italian Spider Man to suddenly just jump into the scene and smack him. Go respect women. And, uh, <laughs> you respect women now. Yep. Perfect. Absolute perfection. <sighs> I love the two of them taking that fighting stance with one another. That was They're great. Ready to put- Hate sex, hate sex, had to mention the hate sex. Yep, that's that's yeah, the chemist, that's actually my note right at that point. Chemistry here is fantastic. Also, hate sex. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I also I also love the let's forget about your lust, shall we? And it's like <clears throat> okay, got it. <laughs> yes, make that sound. And that and that is a much better technique than a cold shower, from one yes, who knows. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. As as you stated, yes, <laughs> experience. Uh, 
Uh, I love the way she decides to get an arm around Squiggy and just walk him around in a circle. Oh, it's so cute. <laughs> just walking around a circle, around and around the couch. And then the talk that she has with him about how, you know, there was this guy, kid in elementary school that everybody used because he had, his father had a comic book store. And he used to get candy and comics and uh, distribute them to people so people would like them, like him. I'm still his friend. <laughs> squeaky is. Uh, oh, do you remember when we were in the fourth grade? Which time? Then we were fourth grade together. <laughs> and I, I love the, it's the first time when I was, we were, we were in the fourth grade together. Yeah. 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 I, I think the implication, I have to, the implication here is that the boys somehow uh, repeated grades. But on the other hand, they all graduated in the same class in high school. So that's some ultra continuity for y'all. That is unless, you know, <laughs> whatever happened. And, you know, maybe they had better teachers for the junior and senior year in high school. Who Possibly. Knows? It's possible that they found the right kind of uh, remedial learning for them that mm. worked. It's possible they found different subjects there more fascinating than they did in elementary school or junior high. But I love that line a lot. <laughs> It's good. it's good. And then Shirley starts to get through to him. And Squiggy goes into denial. She's so pure and busy. Oh, that <laughs> was that line. was familiar. That one was familiar. There's some great lines here. Uh, there are some great ones. How many times have you held her in your arms? Cheryl, how can you hold a free spirit in your arms? Those metaphors. How can you stick a rocket in your pocket? How <laughs> <laughs> you take a rocket and stick it in your pocket? I was close. I was close. I was close. I was close. Yeah. And I, and I love the, uh, her, her, resp- her response to that is, I don't know how. I don't know. Okay. We'll find out the qu- answer to those questions later. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she absolutely goes into an elementary school teacher mode with them. Yep. Oh, and. Which is kind of sweet. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go, go, go. Oh, no, 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 no. You're, we're talking about the choreography though. And, and, and just like, yeah, because this, this matches that energy, right? Of the elementary school thing, yeah. which I love is almost a callback to a driving test in a way. Yes. Where, you know, Shirley had to try to help uh, Squig as well. Yeah, exactly. What I was going to mention is, uh, just follow me on this. And then when she moves, he follows. Yes. That's perfect. That's super, entirely perfect. Uh, the boys are such literalists. You can say that's because, well, they're stupid. Uh, it's not because they're stupid. It's because they think differently. They're, they, you can say that they're dumb, but Lenny has such wiseness when it comes to people. And Squiggy is ambitious, and while he's not successful, he does know how certain elements of uh, being a quote-unquote rock star work. So, you know, yeah, the boys aren't that. They're dumb, but they're not that dumb. That's my verdict when it comes to like stuff like that. Uh, and here's where David's performance just breaks the heck out of my heart. Oh, God. Yeah. The, oh, yeah. That God, really got so me. so good. Oh, oh, right in the chest. Squiggy knows this woman is using him. He would love to have a relationship like Shirley and Carmine's. But, you know, he looks at himself and goes, this is as good as I'm going to get. And when I walk down the street with this woman, people respect me. They look at me like I'm a hot shit. Mm-hmm. Like I'm a big deal. And so he's selling for being used. Because he's not going to get any better. He's not going to get anyone who he thinks will return his affection. Yep. And Michael and David say their characters have no depth. Like, 
Ah, boy. Yeah. No, if we ever get the chance to interview the, either of those two, I mean, it's going to be an interesting, interesting day. Oh, God. We have what we just like, it's like, or it's like, uh, well, our characters don't have any depth. And like, you know, you and I both have like these, like, you know, uh, Leslie Nope style five, you know, five, uh, um, you know, 50 page binders, you know, we just slap on the tables like, all right, well, let's look at the evidence. Yeah. I think like. Uh, when they made that statement, we're talking about the Wii interview uh, that is on our Twitter and we retweeted it. It did lose its followers, so if you want to follow us, we appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> really go read that. They say in the interview, well, you know, they just li- they live on the surface, and Michael makes fun of the idea of him having character depth. But the interview took place, like, right around... Either the end of season three or the beginning of season four, and that's just before the guys actually start growing depth. It's good. Good point. Uh, this is before visit the cemetery. That's before um, Squiggy and Love. But Lenny's already getting layers all the way back in season two, and uh, there's depth there in uh, in uh, Look for Your Leap. Oh yeah. There's depth there in the Slow Child. There is depth. There is character depth. And the characters do grow away from like being the season one creations they were, where they're just very slightly cleaned up versions of the thugs that lived in the back of the boys' minds. Uh, yeah. There's depth there and there's depth in this episode. And it is like stunningly right in your face how good David is. David is so good. He is. Uh, Cindy is such a good uh, scene partner for him. She yep. does excellent support work too. Yeah, uh, if they should have submitted these uh, to the Emmy, agreed. The, uh, yeah, the, I think I think a visit to the cemeteries scene would have probably been the been the winner, yeah. but this would have definitely yeah. have gotten them consideration. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, this is the cemetery should have gone out for writing. It really should have. Oh yeah, it's really good. Yeah, the, I mean, I just love the. Uh, um, just the moment when um, she's, you know, Shirley tells him, you know, she took Vivian's taken something from you that you've always had. And he suddenly responds, she took Lenny. <laughs> and it's, and I know that's a comedy beat, but what's interesting about it is that it means his pride and his dignity means so little to him conceptually yeah. that he doesn't feel he ever had it. Or if he yeah. did, it was lost a long time ago. Yeah. You know, the first time he was locked exactly. in a closet, the first time that yeah. he was kicked around, the first time that he was, you know, beaten yeah. by somebody older than him. You know, they, they, these yeah. are there is the, there yeah. are layers to that. And the way he portrays that line with yeah. such earnestness yeah. is not vaudevillian. It's actually rather it's tragicomic, yeah. you know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. The first time his mother hit him, to be real. Yeah. All yeah. that stuff. All that stuff. I mean, both of the boys have been beaten by their mothers. And um, that gets addressed in a way and doesn't get addressed in a way in the belly of the show and in their behavior. But yeah, in a way, in spite of themselves, these characters have grown legs. They grow up during the course of the show. Even the girls become more complicated. Everybody grows up and the boys especially when we hit california they become much more mature in a way and that's going to be interesting to uh witness once we get there i love that exchange what does that add up to in your mind four smack right in the face yeah <laughs> oh that's great oh, just 
Oh, oh God. Geez. And the uh, then there's you know, the exchange. Took your pride away. Your pride. It was one thing Andrew Squigman always... I, I'm paraphrasing this a little bit because my I was having to write these notes so fast. If there's one thing Andrew Squigman always had, it was pride. And he's like, did he die? It's like, well, almost, but there's still time for him to figure out he's being humiliated by someone who treats him like a sucker. And that leads into the, uh, the Romeo analogy. The Romeo, and then oh, she, that's so good. <laughs> she, I have that whole thing written down. I have that whole thing written down. They called Romeo a sucker. Look how he turned out. He killed himself. He's dead too. <laughs> I love that so much. Oh, everything about that is gorgeous. And again, it's, it's such a tragic comic moment at the end. Promise me you'll think about it. And he goes, ha 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 ha. With what? Before he storms out, yeah. and yeah. Um, and to be honest, this is really strong writing for a Barry Rubinowitz episode. Barry, I think, yes. got some assistance on this, or it was a case of him with kind of the brakes taken off. I wonder because yeah. there's there is yeah. something. His episodes have been good. Um, if I recall, let's see. Yeah, he did Bachelor Mothers, which is pretty much just a very much a comedy episode. The Stakeout, which is very much a comedy episode, and Bus Stop, which is kind of one of the weaker ones. But here. Yeah. Like this, this feels more like one of the better, the better ones. And it, it's, yes. it works really well. Uh, this, this scene is kind of the winner of the whole episode, but yeah. Exactly. Anyway, I'm, I'm just rambling at this point. I'm just, I like it. No, it no, was no, good. No. Bus stop was hampered by its disjointedness. This episode flows like honey. Mm. It is so perfectly. Yet. Every single little bit of this episode is uh, done with care precision i don't know if he did get help if uh this is just him saying screw it this is what i want to do with this character if uh penny encouraged him since penny directed this i don't know i don't know but it's fantabulous it's really 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 good yep uh and then we get to the um the finale uh for the yes. i guess the, the conclusion of the episode um yeah and then we get the the things are getting very yeah. hot. Took the drive yeah. down to Skolnick's Pond in the dark, <laughs> and then listen to the crickets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Laverne thought that she was going to get some smut. That's nice. I love her. That's nice. Yeah. Uh, when she has no idea what to say about something, that is what she goes to. That's what she told Lenny uh, when he uh, says that his last name means help. There's a hog in my kitchen. <laughs> That's nice. The <laughs> same reaction. Nice. Fabulous. Laverne is so into them, and she thinks it's going to be gossip in the reason. Go ahead. Sorry. Um, it's it's just, I, I just even said, well, that's, that's I actually said that's pretty nice myself. And I was like, oops, it's, it's infectious. There you go. <laughs> um, Marvelous. And then there comes Lenny with uh, wanting, offering a ride down to the fertilizer factory. <laughs> they say they steam ream the pits. According to bloopers, that line was David's, and he couldn't get it out. So they delayed his entrance. Hmm. So th th there's a blooper for that. There is a blooper for that. And you could not get that out. And they gave a line to Michael. And uh, he gets to say it. Interesting. Yep. Okay. I'm gonna, I'll have to, yeah. I'll, just, I'll have to look at that one. That's good. I will. I'll give, I'll get you that link. But uh, yeah. it's, that is what happened. That's like uh, when they gave, uh, they gave Cindy Penny's line about being yellow bellied and lily livered. She couldn't get it out. Right. So right. right. I, was, I, was, I was thinking of that too. Yep. Yep. Sometimes if you can't do it, you just end up reversing the lines, cutting the lines, giving the line to somebody else. 
Yep, and it's a sign of an, of a a certain time, a certain class of actor that they get really insistent. Like, I'm going to say the line as it was written. I'm a professional. I've worked with a couple of yes. folks like that, and I give kudos to them. But I personally feel if the line doesn't work for that person, then if they can't physically say it, that usually means that yeah. they're not going to say it offhand anyway. Yeah, yeah. If they can't commit to it, there's a reason why they can't commit to it. Exactly. So, yeah. And then we kill uh, Vivian. I, I was going to mention oh. that when the girls, uh, even though Laverne wants to go, Laverne wants to go see them steaming the pits. Look at the way she was fighting with Shirley and then Shirley turned the, the idea down. And they said, well, maybe he could take Squig. And then Lenny said, we don't share the good times anymore. And Laverne puts her hand on his shoulder. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I saw that. I saw. I didn't write down yeah. the hand on the shoulder, but I did write down, we don't share the good times anymore and have a little sad face. I was wondering what that was there. That's cute. The simultaneous locker bang. Oh, actually, the cascading locker banging. Cascading, That's yep. Great. Yep, cascading. Um, so also, uh, honey, phrasing, locker, bang, <laughs> locker banging. Um, That's what she said. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like that. God, it sounds like a early 80s um, punk rock song. Anyway, cue Vivian. Slam. Slam. Pause. Grab the jacket. Slam. Oh, God. Her delivery of that line that really shows Vivian's mask come off. He's late with my money. That it's killer. And I love and I mean, we both were screaming at at Laverne's reaction. Yeah, Laverne being so ready to kick ass for once. Lenny does not let her go and kick this woman's ass in, Mm -hmm. which is surprising. He has one hand on her. She only has one hand on her. And both of them have to really hold her back. Uh, that is fabulous. Laverne was ready to murder. Oh yeah, this woman, not only on Squiggy's behalf because she hates snobs like her. So, I was, I was actually was that's actually my line was that my thought was uh, I wonder if if Vivian re- reminds Laverne of an even sneakier, slimier Rosie Greenbaum. Possibly, possibly. Rosie has stronger moral fiber than mm-hmm. this woman. Absolutely. Thus. Yep. Absolutely, she's ready to kill. Absolutely ready to kill. Oh. And then Lenny's line, he's our squiggy and what's it to you? Masterful. That's yeah, good. That's, that's beautiful. I love the kiss off that squiggy finally gives Vivian. Finally. Yep. Finally. It's so well on. The audience is so here for it. The audience loves it. Yeah, they go and, nuts. Just when he says no, that no yeah. on its own just like gets them going. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's glorious. It's wonderful. Oh, and everyone's so proud of him. Everyone's so proud of him. Lenny's proud of him. Shirley's proud of him. Laverne wants to, is very proud of him, but also wants to still murder Vivian. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, it's, it's so good. And I mean, there's even that bit, um, you know, because I mean, there's so many awesome moments in the kiss off of this. Yeah. What do I look like? Your little squiggy yeah. bank? You take yes. my love and you just trade it for an avocado frigidaire. Uh, and um, <laughs> and I like that he thanks Cheryl without being gross about it. I thought yeah. that was that is so yeah. cute. Oh, we didn't mention Laverne's line, Squiggy. That was so smart and grown up, but like I smack her one. I was I was going to mention that, but yes, I love that line too. And I, I and too. it's such a dignified response to give. She'll go home and cry her hair out. Yeah. Yeah. Great dialogue in this episode. Great dialogue in this episode. Buy me a soda, buy me a frigidaire, cry me a river. You women are all the same. Same. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh 
Uh, Lenny's so proud of Shirley, too. He notices his facial expression. He goes and he gives her a data boy pat on the shoulder. But she yes. goes to talk to Squiggy. And they talk about drinking a soda together, which he will do, because all women are using them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. The tag scene here is so cute. It's one of my favorite so tags cute. of the season. Absolutely. Yes, 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 yes. I love it. Shirley and Carmen are having a nice sedate board game night. They think they're exciting and awesome. And then comes Laverne after having saved a bunch of kids and animals and babies uh, out of fire with Ted. And she's going to tell everybody about it, but they can read in the paper tomorrow. <laughs> and then Carmine's last line there. Yeah, got any warm milk? Any warm milk. <laughs> yeah. Now, this, this, this was easily one of the best of the season for me. Yeah. Yeah. Same. Same. Beautifully crafted. Perfectly crafted. Anytime when they're all teaming up together to kick a jerk out of their wives is a good episode. I, I think, you know, because we're recording these episodes through 2020, we've dealt with four years of a bully in the White House. And I think yes. I think it's fair for, enough for us to say that. I mean, because regardless yeah. of whether you agree with his tactics, is he fits the de- he fits the definition of a bully. I think watching bullies get taken the fuck out on this show <laughs> was really He's cathartic. A, a total delight. And yes, we are goodbye earling the president at the moment. America yeah. has. Just yeah, we'll we'll fingers fingers crossed that, you know, uh by the time this episode's out that things are yeah. things are going well and things are getting back on track. But well, we'll at this point see if we're lucky that cool. lucky. Anyway, um yeah. Uh, is there any other notes to kind of cover for the episode? Because I'm I'm trying to find. I, I mean, I do have mine, uh, which I think is paraphrasing something you said. Marshmallows, truly the sexiest of foods. Yes, yes, yes. I did say that. That's true. <laughs> mm. Just think, you can just pour molten sugar all over your beloved. <laughs> oh, like, I mean, you could do it with fluffer butter, but not the just straight true. marshmallows. True. 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 I've just spent too many years making Rice Krispie treats. <laughs> I know a harsh, hot marshmallow feels like on your body. Oh, God, yeah. It's, it's not it's, pleasant. Uh, yeah, when you get the Rice Krispie treats out a little, t- you touch them a little too early. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, it's, yeah. and it sticks yeah. to your fingers and yeah. it burns yeah. and yeah. you can't get it yeah. off. Yeah. And yeah. Ow. Yeah. You have to wear a lot of butter on your hands. I have made um, sculptures out of Rice Krispie treats, like little snowmen. And stuff. Oh and if you don't my put enough... God, that's adorable. Yeah, you can do that. You can do that. So you can make uh, flat sheets of it and then cut it out with cookie cutters and then decorate them. Yeah, you do all kinds of things. Yeah, good stuff. Oh, I think I'm too because it's adorable. But yeah, yeah, that's what I've always uh, done. But and I know for a fact, hot marshmallow will hurt your hands unless you douse yourself in butter. So that's that's my experience with it. That's why I said that thing about um, hot marshmallows. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. Just get anyway. Just back on track. But yeah, that was like kind of my last little little note. Oh, I guess also I did love uh, Laverne's orange shirt in the opening scene. Yes, that's a cute. Nice. That's a cute outfit. Period. Everybody looks good in this episode. Just say mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. It really does. Yeah, even uh, Carmine's kind of drab. I mean, what should be drab, you know, navy blue, bluish uh, sweater looks actually pretty good in this one. Yeah, yeah. Was that? Was that his? All I can't remember if that's that's not his letter jacket, right? He doesn't. Or no, 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 no. It's his big uh, ragu. Yeah, it is. His big ragu jacket. Big, what am I saying? Duh. Yeah. Duh, 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 yeah, duh, duh, duh. it's his big ragu jacket. Yep. Yeah. That he probably got for boxing. 
Yep. Yeah. This is a darn good episode. I have a feeling we're gonna rank it pretty highly, and I think it's ranking time. I think it is. Right. Um, I I went first. You wanna you wanna hit it? Sure. This is a solid ten for me. This is a solid ten for me. Wow. Um, that's good. It's just good. I love it when the gang gets together and they kiss off a jerk together. <laughs> I I love it when they show loyalty to one another and they are a band of four. One of my favorite things about the show is when they all get together and as a unit are on the same team and they show that friend love. Uh, this is the first time Squiggy gets a good spotlight episode and this is, David does beautifully with what he's given. Uh, there's a lot of funny, memorable dialogue. Um, all the interactions are golden. I really like the Carmine and Shirley romance stuff, which at this point in the season is hard to pull off, especially in my little opinion. At this point, you just like, want to fire ants on the two of them sometimes. Just to make it be quiet for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Oy, but yeah, this is a solid ten for me. I guess you're gonna go a tiny bit lower. Yeah, a, t- a tiny bit. I I'd give this a nine. It's just it's. <sighs> I would have liked a little bit better comeuppance for Vivian, or at the very least, that the split between her mask and her real self be a little bit better defined. I noticed she changes the voice, but not quite enough for me. Just there's there's little yeah. tutorial notes like that, and. I don't know. I just there's something that feels like it's holding this episode back for me. It could just be just the f- fatigue and fugue of the season itself. I don't know, but um, but I mean that being said, I mean this is w- easily one of the strongest episodes of the year, and one of this was this felt like an absolute return to form. This was what I remember yeah. seeing more of in season f- three, and I've I've yeah. been like desperately missing for much of season four because yeah. it's just season four has just been. It's it's yeah. been rough, yeah, but we'll yeah. we'll get we'll get to that. Yeah, the, the attempted ship sinking was rough on you, but I told you they cut they bounced back. Yeah, told I, you. It, but it wasn't even just that. I mean, to be honest, the uh, the double header of Eraserhead and Bully Show back to back that just like God, threw everything yeah. off for me. Ugh. And it's like I never. I tried to quite avoid recovered. showing people. Sorry, go ahead. I was just gonna say it never quite recovered for me. Yeah, yeah. I I tried to avoid showing people Bully Show. Yeah, I I still like Eraserhead a little bit more than you, but I know why you don't like that one. Yeah, yeah, this is a beautiful episode. It's a refreshing episode. It's really, really good. I yep. really like it a lot. But again, okay. it's it's I'm getting the Bumblebee effect, which is to say we mm-hmm. could have had a Shirley and Carmine relationship be this adorable. Yeah. This whole time. Yeah. Yeah. God. Yeah. It's because the continued call- problem. Sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say, the reason I call it the Bumblebee effect, you know this, I just don't remember if I've mentioned yeah. this on the show. It's it's like when you watch the Bumblebee movie and you think to yourself, we could have had Transformers movies this good yeah. the entire yeah. time for the last 13 yep. years? Yep. Yep, 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 yep. Exactly. Exactly. You could have given me this instead of crap? Well, we can't afford to give you this and crap. I didn't ask for the crap! It's <laughs> basically what it's like. Yeah. Oh gosh, yeah. This is a good one. 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 I really like it a lot. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. All right. And I guess if that's uh, everything for today, um, I guess just want to say thank you again, everyone, so much for joining us for Night After Night Pod. 
And if you would like to know more, please join us at Night After Night PC on Twitter or Night After Night Pod on Facebook, Tumblr, WordPress, and Patreon. As well, there's also our YouTube channel where we put up this these uh, podcast episodes as well as any other bonus videos that we do along the way. And we just want to wish you all a really uh, good time and uh, hope that you've been uh, enjoying this nice... We've done a couple of longer ones recently, and this is kind of hoping, hoping you're enjoying the extra... The share size episodes. So make sure to share it with your friends. Yes. Tear and share, y'all. Tear and share. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, so what are we what are we covering uh, next time around? I feel like, I don't know. I feel like I, I, I don't know. I'm going to screw this up for some reason or another. Laverne tries to go girly to impress Jay Leno. Jay freaking Leno. This is the feminine mistake. Oh, joy. Well, join join us, won't you? For I I don't like Jay Leno, so hopefully, so hopefully, hopefully, people are okay with listening to me rant about that for about five minutes. Gosh, oh man! Anyway, See you soon, y'all. Well, hopefully, you'll join us next time, folks. Thanks again. Bye, y'all.